1: The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to desantisprod at gmail.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer.
0: And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We-
1: It's Bruce Buffer.
0: Bruce Buffer.
1: From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We'll voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Politics. COVID-19, film, TV, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll, sports, you name it, we're here to talk about it. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, another week gone by. You had a good time in Mexico, I assume? Ah, uh, It's always an uh, interesting time in Mexico, so yeah. yeah, We'll fine. call it a good time. Uh, uh, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we always say we're going to have a good guest, a great guest, a fine guest, and we've got it all of the above. we got a very special person coming on the show, uh, a man who's a brother of chris bell a very good friend of the show who's been on the director and writer of bigger stronger faster but now we're going to bring on his better half his good half his brother half none of his other better than mark half bell. take that chris <laughs> uh chris I want, I want chris to get in my face a little bit on that one it's okay I, i'm sure he loves his brother he has no problem with me saying that <laughs> so let's bring on mark bell mark's an american professional powerlifter. um owner of Super Training Gym, former professional wrestler. There's so much to talk about. He's competed in competition after competition in powerlifting. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things now and some of the obvious things, and, but let's mainly get the gentleman on. Mark, how are you? I'm
2: doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I love hearing the, uh, like you getting announced on your own show. It's kind of <laughs> interesting since you're always the one uh, announcing and introducing people.
1: I got to take advantage of a little free service when I can, even if it's me that's doing it. So, you know, right. <laughs> exactly. Mark, um, you're very popular in the powerlifting world. You're very popular in the weightlifting world. You, you've got quite a following. Your podcast, your Instagram followers, everything. You know, this is a, an area in itself that not everybody is attuned to, but an area where tons are tuned into, the powerlifting, the weightlifting community. I have worked out at Gold's Gym uh, pre-COVID not now uh, for 30 years and I've seen every bodybuilder from Schwarzenegger in his prime to you name it coming in to all the grades to powerlifters to your brother Chris Bell in there busting it all the time seeing you in there too this industry um, with the way fitness has gone where sports have gone where health and and taking care of ourselves is gone it seems like it's actually gotten bigger than ever am I wrong Oh, the fitness
2: industry has exploded. I think for many reasons. Um, I think CrossFit played a big part in that, in uh, empowering a lot of females and uh, showing a lot of people, maybe not just females, but just people in general that look, man, you still have some of these capacities that you had from the time you were a kid. You just haven't practiced them in a long time. And CrossFit brought on people climbing ropes and flipping tires and We've seen a lot of unconventional training really explode in the last couple of years, and I think that that has kind of opened up the floodgates and opened up the doors. Powerlifting gained some popularity, um, but I also think that people recognize that anyone can bodybuild, maybe not on the professional level, obviously, but like anyone can go in there and do three sets of ten and have hypertrophy and and build some muscle. And I think just lifting weights in general is tried and true; it's been around for a really long time. And it is the single best way to transform your body is to look into gaining more muscle. If you just go and run and do some other things, those are all great. Those are all very healthy practices. And you might uh, come out the other side looking pretty good. But having muscle mass is kind of our insurance policy. Uh, It's going to be the thing that continues to burn calories for us, even when we're at rest.
1: Yeah. And I agree with that. You know, I personally, in my past, I've always been an athlete my whole life or athletically inclined uh martial arts, surfing, um, martial arts and surfing, martial arts and surfing. That was it. I never, aside from doing I had I had one barbell in my house and I had a 25 pound weight on each side. So between the barbell, it was 60 pound barbell. All I did with that was I did curls when I was younger. Otherwise it was just pushups. Otherwise I never lifted weights. I never lifted weights or went into a gym to lift weights until I was in my mid twenties. And I was, you know, in my own mind very uh fit, rip the whole bit, but it was all from natural muscle. But I noticed that when I started working with the weights to concentrate on building other muscles and parts of my body through the injuries I suffered, through the athletics that I've done, it just helped me get through that to help me make me stronger to compete and do the sports that I really enjoyed. I never got into bodybuilding, but I did get into fitness, weightlifting, which I still do today, whether it's circuit training, kettlebells, you name it. Um, Actually, you know, Tito Raymond from goals, Gym, he's my trainer. I train with him four times a week. We train in many different ways, including boxing, this, that, and the other. And he's, he's the best trainer I've ever had. I really enjoy working with him. So I'm all about weightlifting. There's areas of weightlifting that I'm not about personally. And that's where you get over into the, the heavy power lifting and stuff. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I respect and appreciate it. I didn't mean to sound like I don't for me, it's not my choice because when I see like people like yourself, you know, you being a former professional wrestler right out of high school, you've had this ambition right from the beginning. Uh, powerlifting, you know, when you're, you're talking about a 1,080 pound squat, an 854 pound bench press, a 766 pound deadlift, you know, things that you've done, which I can't even fathom doing, it blows my mind. Now, the question I have for this, and I'm going to be very upfront. For a guy like me to get into something like that, or a guy like anybody not involved, I would think you got to kind of step into another realm, which might involve obviously the heavy training you have to do, but your body's got to be powered for this. Can you do these things without taking extra vitamins or a form of steroids and compete in that world?
2: Yeah, it sometimes depends on how far you want to take it. So what I would, the real simple, quickest answer to that is, some people might need to in order to be competitive, and some people might not. There's guys that compete in drug tested federations that uh, squat thousand eighty and lift some of these crazy, crazy numbers. Um, that they're in a they're in a federation where they do get drug tested, uh, and and I I I happen to believe a lot of these athletes. I don't think that everyone that is a you know genetic anomaly is all of a sudden suspicious. Uh, that they're that they're taking anabolics. I just think from what I've noticed and, and from you being around Gold's Gym for so long, you probably noticed this too. There's one guy over here saying he's natural and there's another guy over here saying that he, you know, openly admitting that he uses, which is rare. You don't really hear people say it that often. Right. But sometimes the guy that uses is just not built the same as the guy who's claiming that he's natural. And so right. it leaves you mm-hmm. very confused. You know, you're like, I don't know. Like I trained with Michael Hearn. Michael Hearn is a uh, you know, claims lifetime drug-free. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. Mine too. Uh, all I can do is just believe the guy. Like, I don't if you look at pictures from when he's 16, it makes you suspicious of the whole thing because you're like, he was pretty damn jacked, yeah. even at 16. So I think yeah. there's always a genetic component. Some people might need him and some people might not. But I think when you think about like track and field and some other sports, you think about like you know, Hussein Bolt, like he just blew apart this the sprinting world and and he crushed everybody. And I think everyone wants, just wants to assume that, you know, uh, that you can't participate in a sport like that and you can't be like that. There has to be some other explanation other than that you work hard and other than that there's a genetic component to it. Steroids are really, really helpful in building muscle mass. Steroids are really helpful in um, it's like playing a card at a certain point. You know, if you if when you once you play the card, though, you already played it. And you can't exponentially continue just to grow. Steroids don't work that way. You might gain 10 pounds, might gain 20 pounds. Um, they, they do assist with recovery and they assist on a lot of things. But what they don't do is they don't ensure that you'll have consistent progress forever. Mm-hmm. So it's a card that you can play. But just like the gains that you get in the beginning, when, you, when you're lifting, even if you're not using drugs, those gains will slow down. Those gains will stop. And the same thing happens with steroids. So a steroid, you know, I don't even know what percentage we can allocate to it, but it might give you 3%, 5%. Maybe some can argue that it's 10%, but once it gives you that percentage, it doesn't go any further than that. And so I think that might be a misconception surrounding steroids is that you take them and you don't have to put in the work anymore. Right.
0: Yeah, one right. one thing that I think about steroids, Mark, and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, in in, in your uh, philosophy on them is when we look at uh, sports and not just you know weightlifting type of sports. But when we look at stick and ball sports, uh, etc., I feel like a lot of the steroid advantage for uh, competitors is, is kind of between the ears. There's there's a lot of mental uh, sort of uh, advantage I think that comes from people when they believe that they're getting that uh, performance enhancer working for them do do you find that to be true oh that can
2: definitely be a huge part of it when you take performance enhancing drugs uh somebody actually threw this out on my youtube one time and at first i was kind of mad about it and then i thought about it more and i was like the guy's actually right the guy said well it's easy for you to be motivated you're on steroids (laughs) and (laughs) right but i thought but i thought about it for a second and i was like no no he's actually correct because i'm taking a hormone that is assisting me in allowing me to feel better. And I'm very, for me personally, I'm very much attached to my body and very much attached to my strength. And so it is making me feel better. It is raising my spirits. It is putting me in a better mood. And is it easier to be motivated when you're in a better mood or is it easier to be motivated when you're in a bad mood? Right. No, 100%. And so for me, yeah, it was I- uh, transformative in, in that respect. And actually I think that performance enhancing drugs is one thing, uh, but like, uh, utilizing some steroids for some trt or just to uh just to enhance your mood or enhance your physique a little bit i don't really see hardly any harm in that whatsoever um doing it under a doctor's care i think makes a little bit more sense uh but there's you know the the issue becomes when we get into performance enhancing drugs where there's a clear set of rules like in the ufc there's a clear set of rules and then there's people that that uh, fudge the rules a little bit. Right. And that's where we get into a category where you're like, no, that's bullshit because we agreed we're supposed to play this game this way. Right. You're not supposed to knee someone in the head when they're on the ground. I to. you're not supposed to uh, soccer kick the guy's head when, when he's on the ground. Right. There's certain rules and regulations that are agreed upon. This is my contract. I agree that I'm going to perform this way. And then you take things that are outside of that realm. That's where I can understand the negative connotations of steroids, but it's also very understandable for people to feel like they need them when you get into professional sports, because who's around you, a bunch of genetic mutants. Right. And so you're like, yeah, shit, man, I'll just try to take something to be a little bit better. And I think if we really think about it, some of the best of the best, it's kind of rare that those are the guys that are, that you would think are on steroids. We don't really know. But it's rare that it's a Barry Bonds. You know what I mean? But in that case, it was Barry Bonds. Yeah. It's rare that it lines up that way, that the GOAT is the guy that, you know, is, is abusing or, you know, in, in other cases, we may have seen it uh, with certain
1: athletes have gotten popped in the UFC and stuff like that, too. You know, when you talk about the three to five percent advantage, if I heard you correctly, then what about uh, more is good? You know, it's like, I need more. It's three to 5%. Okay, I've I've grown a little bit. I'm performing a little better. I want more. Is there such a thing as that more is better or is just you're just putting more icing on top of a cake that's not being used and you're abusing yourself by doing it so much more?
2: Yeah, so more more can certainly lead to more results, but it can also lead to more harm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, once we start to compromise our health, Once we start to compromise our athleticism, we're going to compromise our performance greatly. So, but sometimes that takes a long time. So you might be able to quote unquote, get away with something. And maybe you're getting away with something at the moment, you know, maybe it's not like, maybe you just think you're getting away with it, but really in the long run, you're going to end up with uh, heart disease. Or I want to also point out that steroids are, they do have their dangers and they do have, um, I think that people just think like, I'm just going to take them and I'm going to get big and maybe I'll go bald and maybe I'll get some zits and stuff like that. But I don't think they understand like the the commitment level of steroids. Like if you're going to use them, you have to consider like what's the exit strategy going to look like? Are you just going to utilize them forever? Because Mm -hmm. they do compromise your hormones and it would take you uh, six, eight months to get your hormones back to any sort of normalness. And even from then, They might be compromised for long periods of time. So there's a lot to consider when you take them. But to answer your question, more will do more for you, but it will also do more harm to you. So for example, if you were to take anywhere between 200 to 400 milligrams of testosterone, Anyone listening so to the show, and I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to sell steroids, but maybe we should. Um, anyone listening to the show, if you were to take t- any males listening to the show, take 200 to 400 milligrams of testosterone a week, Ooh. it would pretty much have very, very beneficial uh, results for you. And I can't really even think of any negative uh, effects that it may have. Although, if you were doing that for uh, a long time, then maybe you can run into uh, some issues because there's a lot of balancing of the hormones that go on in the human body. And for everything that you try to up, then something else wants to go up. So your testosterone levels, they're going to go up. And so are your estrogen levels as well, which isn't always problematic because estrogen is actually really healthy for us, but it can be problematic. And then if you're the real issue is when your uh, hormones start to wave around a lot. So if you were to get on steroids and come off them and get on them and come off, that's when you would really run into a lot of issues and you would have depression, uh, sexual dysfunction, acne, all kinds of things, because your hormones are going all over the place. This is the same thing that happens to women every month is that it's not so much that they're, uh, it's mainly the fact that they just, their estrogen levels are going down a certain time a month that is actually messing with them. It's, it's the fluctuation of the hormone right. and not necessarily the hormone just being driven upward.
1: Right. Well, you know, when you talk about uh, that was a massive amount of uh, testosterone you were talking about, but I know people, you know, they do that. There's also the thing that uh, as a man, prostate cancer, where they claim that most of us, when we pass 80, we're either living with it, dying from it, or we're going to get it. I mean, it's like, God forbid, breast cancer in women. Okay. so when I read these, you know, reading up my knowledge and everything about it, because I'm not one to do these things, but um, testosterone, do you believe that those large amounts that that question mark out there that it can speed up cancer in your body, particularly prostate cancer? What is your view on that? Because I, I obviously, you're very educated and you're, you know, the medical side. I've talked to doctors about this before. And it's kind of like what I'm hearing is it's 50 50. It's like on the fence. Nobody's got a definitive statement about it. What is as a as a as a man who's involved yeah. in using as you do? What is your thoughts on that? And does that bother you? So my thought process behind that
2: would be that everyone in the high normal range, even without taking anabolics, would suffer from prostate cancer if that was the case. like We would see more of a direct correlation, and I don't think there's that direct of a correlation to, to, my, to my knowledge. Um, I will say, look, if you use any drug, anything that you're using, like let's just extrapolate it out into every single thing that you can possibly consume in a day whether it's uh caffeine or CBD or supplements or any of these things, they're all going to shift your body around into different ways. What's the repercussions of drinking a cup of coffee every day? I don't really know. Like, do we, you know, how do we associate some of these things? I'm not going to say that testosterone is completely harmless, but testosterone is a hormone that's produced by men. And a lot of men produce pretty good amounts of it, even without taking anything. So my suggestion is, let's, let's maybe focus more on finding optimal ranges rather than finding superficial ranges. So like someone who has just suffers from low T, maybe they're depressed. Maybe their body is just a little saggier than they want it to be. Let's look into getting into more optimal ranges. And most of the research that I've seen, which I, you know, I don't, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a doctor of any kind, but most of the information I've seen is in that two to 300, 400 range Is relatively safe. And then, relatively safe is something that you have to decide. I would also add to that there's a lot of unhealthy practices that we all engage in because we're trying to get ahead. And some people like to wake up at four in the morning. Like I'm one of those people, I wake up super early. I know that that has a cost. I know that, you know, I know that potentially I could be maybe, you know, you can make an argument, maybe. Maybe I'm subtracting some years of my, off of my life and it, and just being an entrepreneur, you know, being a go-getter, being someone who is self-actualized, being someone that is driven every single day to try to figure out a way to get better. That's fucking dangerous, too. I would say that that's more dangerous uh, than than utilizing some testosterone. So that's my opinion of that.
1: If that's the case, and I'm treading very serious waters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, you want to. Hey, you want to be healthy, then uh yeah then sit on the bench, you know, don't play the game. Don't, don't compete. Don't, don't be yeah. competitive with the guy next to yeah. you and all those kinds of things.
1: I have to be competitive. But when you talk about, you know, waking up every day to, to excel, to reach goals, I mean, that's how I live my entire life. And if that's going to take years off me, I so be it. Cause I can't stop it, you know, and I'm 100%. a very healthy individual, but that that's just, that's where I'm at. You mentioned the two to 300 to 400 range. I lost you for a second range. And what you mean, testosterone levels. No, just in taking testosterone, but milligrams buff. Oh, mill- yeah, milligrams. isn't that a lot though? That seems like so much. I mean, is that are these guys walking around at 1200, 1500 levels of testosterone in their bodies when supposedly the norm is around 800? I mean, what's the yeah, most? Some- right. So there's, there, there's some data and I don't know how accurate some of this is, but there's some
2: data saying that, you know, men from, you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago had testosterone levels that exceeded what we have in our system currently uh, by like 50%, you know, I, I don't know wow. how much truth there is to some of that. The numbers have gotten lowered over the years too. the, the range, uh, that we, that we get from our doctor, um, that number continues to kind of lower. There's some research and there's some YouTube videos now that men's penises are getting smaller. Men's taints are getting smaller. The distance between their, their dick and their, <laughs> and their butthole is getting smaller. Um, due to, uh, less testosterone in some of these things. So while having your testosterone levels really high, I think we can all make sense of that and say, Hey, that's probably not a great idea for many different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Having it low has also been shown to be very unhealthy as well. So my thing is like, I'm just trying to get like optimal levels. And for me personally, that's where I ride in is, uh, you know, being, being in a healthy range, Um, but years ago when I was powerlifting, I did take those risks. I did roll the dice. I did, uh, take way more than, uh, what I'm talking about, uh, right now.
1: So, uh, very, very interesting, very good information. And I'll go on record as saying, I think as a man, if medically speaking, your testosterone levels are very low, which can create low energy, low sex drive, uh, ambition, all the different things that can come into effect, depression, everything you're talking about under a doctor's care, a longevity doctor's care, of which there are many good longevity doctors out there, I think it's okay for you to get TRT therapy, you know, as a man. Um, I'm still out on the thing, uh, steroids scare the hell out of me, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Dude, <so> what, <laughs> about, what about for people that aren't competing against anybody else, just somebody
2: that just in general wants to just look better? It's just their interest to go and do that? Like, what, would you equate that to be anything similar to somebody just enjoying
1: themselves after a long day of
2: work and, and smoking a joint? Or do you think it's way different than that?
1: I think it's kind of along the same levels, if not different levels. And that you don't have to, I'm, when I was saying what I just said, I'm not saying that just for athletes and people competing. I'm talking about men in general. Mm-hmm. If you're a man and your testosterone levels low and you're, and you're suffering results, if you're in your fifties or your sixties or your four, whatever, whenever this occurs, then I would say under a, the safety of a doctor's care, right, monitored, because I've known a few friends that just go get it from somebody. They don't know what they're doing and they just yeah. stick it in their body. They think they're doing what and I think they're making a mistake. And I tell them, I think you're making a mistake. I mean, if, if I was going to do anything in that realm, I would want the best advice and consultation possible to do it in the safest and healthiest way for my body. Because I'll tell you one thing that I saw working the 30 year plus years, working out at goals and everything, seeing all the bodybuilders, the fitness competitors coming in and out. And then you see some of the bodybuilders in their fifties and their sixties and their, their, their joints are, you know, banged up. They're, they're limping around the gym. They're walking around. They don't look the same. I don't always see them aging that well. Now I'm not talking in general, but I see that. Now, is that due, you think, to the abuse of what they put in their body? Is it the natural effect of getting older? Is it because all the heavy weights have hurt their joints, or is it all of the above, you know?
2: Yeah. um, I would first off say that the doctor, you know, doctors in general don't always have good advice either. So, you know, to get something something from the guy at the gym, while it sounds very bro-ish, I don't want to name any names, but does like the top level bodybuilding coach know more about taking steroids than a doctor? I would just say, yeah, probably nine times out of 10, they probably do. Um, but always try to go to the most reliable source that you can. And I agree with you a hundred percent about people just kind of taking random underground steroids that they don't know anything about. And they're getting abscesses and all this junk, all that stuff can be, uh, it can be avoided very easily by, by, you know, utilizing a, a doctor's care. Right. What was that question right there? I've kind of lost track of the actual question.
1: Uh, the question oh, was age? basically aging, you know, people yeah. that have been doing this all their lives and then yeah. you think, okay, I look great now. I look great now. I'm living, but are they living in the moment or are they preparing for the future? Cause my question was the bodybuilders I've seen over 20, 30 years include, you know, I, I don't want to mention any names. We, we know the people we're talking yeah. about and, and, They just don't seem like all the work they did is paying off in the end. It uh, seems like they're paying for it, not paying off. Yeah,
2: I I agree with that 100%. I've seen what you've seen, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, They they don't they won't change. You know, I I fell with a thousand eighty five squat and I changed my life around forever. Like I never took that same amount of drugs. Um, I never competed at that level again. I uh, it took me a long time it took me years to really find the errors of my ways and say, Hey man, like that was kind of fun and kind of cool, but it was also really, really dangerous. You got away with a lot. And I think a lot of people uh, change is very, very difficult. So people love the heavy weights. They love the way they lift. They enjoy it. They love, you know, hearing from someone at the gym that they got big arms or big shoulders or whatever it might be. And they never slow down on the amounts that they take. They never slow down on, on how they train. And you're like, dude, like why don't you fucking work on some stretching or something here and there, like do something a little different. Your body looks stiff and tight. And meanwhile, you hear them complain they're like, man, I can't even tie my shoes these days. And here you are zipping right past them and and going and doing your cardio and stuff like that. And so it's just a matter of people uh, not wanting to change. I think if they, if they did make a change, I still think they can be uh, we know a lot of athletes and a lot of people at Gold's Gym that are still still very healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. that are that have aged and gotten older and they've aged very well.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just interesting to see. um, I think a lot of people live in the moment. We'll leave it at that. But, you know, it's it's, you're going to do something. Get the care, get the knowledge, do it right. Just don't abuse it. Obviously, you've got it in hand. You know what you're doing. And also, aside from all this, your career, your popular podcast, what you do, but you invented something called the Super Training Gym. All right. Tell us about the Super Training Gym. Okay, what is this exactly?
2: Yeah. So Super Training Gym is uh, in Sacramento, California, and uh, it's a free gym. Uh, I invented it. Oh, I thought it was a piece
1: of equipment. I'm sorry.
2: I thought it was a piece of equipment. Okay. Well, I have a piece of equipment, too. I'll get to that. uh so super training gym is in west sacramento california and uh anybody wants to come check it out 855 riverside parkway west sacramento california come check us out and uh come get a lift on on the weekend anywhere between 10 and one o'clock that works for us and like i said it's free the reason why it's free is because i invented a product about 11 12 years ago called the slingshot Mm. and the slingshot is a supportive upper body device for bench press Push ups and dips. Some of you may have seen it in the gym. It's something you slide up both arms and uh, it allows you to handle a little bit more weight, but it also takes away a lot of people have pain in their shoulders. A lot of people don't really bench press with very good form. So it assists with the form and technique. Um, at the bottom of a bench press, when the weight is rested on your chest is where your shoulder in the most vulnerable position. Yeah. your elbows now past the, kind of the midline of your body. And that's where people feel that sharp pain in the front of their shoulder. Right, And the slingshot helps uh, kind of dissipate some of that pain. In addition to that, I created a bunch of other products around the slingshot, including the hip circle, which I'm sure everyone has seen because uh, every influencer on Instagram has, uh, has ripped it off at some point, but it's just a circular <laughs> product, you put it around your knees and you squat with it. And You can deadlift with it and do all kinds of different exercise with it to help activate the hips and to help make uh, your butt bigger. So people can also thank me. You can email me the the thank yous uh, for helping make girls butts bigger on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Listen, uh, Kim Kardashian just this week, uh, she's been declared by Forbes to have made the billionaire status. So we know that what you just talked about kind of helped her get there too. So maybe emphasis on your creating the uh, the workout product because everybody Absolutely. seems to want a bigger butt these days. <laughs> and she uses a hip circle too. You can see in her story sometimes. Oh, there you go. Very yeah, cool. It's perfect. paying off. Hey, right. I, one last question I forgot to ask you on the uh, the ROID, the Roy situation. Somebody once told me, that like a champion bodybuilder, you know, like a Jay Cutler or something like that. They could be spending like five to ten thousand a month. Really? No way. I don't know. Is this true? I mean, is is that kind of the budget for somebody that's really going a full blown blown professional, you know, type thing? How much money do you have to spend a month to maintain that?
2: Well, steroids aren't very expensive. Um, Like a bottle of testosterone is like 60 to 80 bucks for 10 CCs, which depending on how much stuff you take, you know, right. um, however, there are more expensive, uh, things th- than just steroids. Um, and this is what makes, uh, this is what makes testing so difficult there's so many other things other than just steroids. Now there's, there's SARMs and there's a lot of other things, but what would be expensive in that mix would be uh, growth hormone would be expensive. And so that's what, what could potentially jack the price up to be a, around uh, 5k a month. And bodybuilders, professional bodybuilders, they're they're not just taking testosterone. Um, they're taking other forms of steroids in addition to taking growth hormone and insulin. And this is where the waters get really murky. And this is like, this is the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm not a fan of is like to see people go down that road right. because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so you take testosterone, now your testosterone goes through the roof, but your estrogen follows. And then now you take an anti-estrogen to help wipe out the estrogen. Now you have high testosterone levels. Now your lipids are getting compromised. You don't have the estrogen that your body needs to be heart protective. And you just start to run into problem after problem. And now you're taking a cholesterol medication and just it, it's, uh, it's it's way too much uh, going on. So if you if you simply utilize some testosterone in a reasonable fashion that got you to an optimal level, uh, you can use it to help transform your body, help be in a little bit better shape. And, you know, if there's a lot of people, that's still a barrier of entry into that because, uh, it is an injection, it is an
1: oil. And a lot of people are like, Nope, I ain't going that route. Gotcha. So when you look at all the different sports, see that TJ, that's right. Like, so on right. That's, that's true. Somebody could spend 5,000 or more a month.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think what, what, is is really interesting here, and you you briefly touched on it. Uh, Mark was was SARMs, like the the idea of just steroids being what everyone does. That's that's an antiquated thought. Like the the designer sort of performance enhancers that are out there. Uh, yeah, I expect them to be that higher end because they're they're definitely a, a new evolution in what we think of as steroids. Right, it it, it and it makes it very difficult for any of the. Uh,
2: any of the companies that are testing people for these things, it makes it very difficult and very challenging because there's also like peptides that people can right. take. And there, and then where do we draw the line? Because there's, there's certain things that like, they wouldn't show up on a test, but uh, they could help with an injury. Like there's a chemical called uh, BPC one, five, seven. Like it sounds crazy it sounds like I that sounds like a movie right (laughs) bpc 157 yeah it's it's this next movie coming out (laughs) uh it's a great product for injuries for tendons and ligaments and so what if your ufc champion is 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 utilizing that you know in his championship fight versus uh somebody just uh using it you know to so they can go on a jog every day it's like it's hard to uh like i said sometimes one guy feels like he needs it Another guy feels like they don't. And then what do we put in the context of uh, what's illegal, what's not illegal? In my brother's movie, if you remember, uh, Tiger Woods had LASIK eye surgery. Yep. right. 2020 vision sounds pretty helpful to me <laughs> on the golf yeah. course. You know, uh, yeah. so it, it's, it's like, no, 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 you got to do it your, with your own natural talent. Well, what if someone's natural talent is through the roof? What right. if I have to compete against Le- LeBron James, right? That's not a level yeah. playing field. Yeah. Right. So can I at least level up or, or even someone like a, you know, a third generation baseball player or somebody like that? It's like, my dad's an accountant, man, throw right. me a bone. Let me, <laughs> let me take something to even things out so I can, uh, but it's just kind of the way things are. I think, uh, people will, uh, people will always view it as cheating. And then there'll always be people that view it as an opportunity, uh, for them to get ahead.
0: And and one thing, too, when it comes to performance enhancers, I'll never forget uh, doing an interview with a a gentleman named Jeff Munson, who actually fought for the UFC heavyweight championship once upon a time. He said the difference between supplements and steroids are steroids are a lot cheaper and they work, (laughs) Jeff. That's a Munson Munson statement, if I ever heard one. Yeah, he hit the nail
1: on the head. That's that's 100 percent correct. They they do have a big impact. All right, so let's talk about this. We've got the major sports, baseball, hockey, football, basketball, UFC, boxing. You take let's just take those six sports, okay? You saw this in UFC. Educate me a little bit. who has the weakest testing and who has the strongest testing of the six sports I just mentioned? And and, and, and secondary question, what percentage of athletes across the board do you think, Dip, test, or take extra vitamins as we're talking? I would, I I would, uh, to answer that
2: last question first, I I would imagine that nearly the entire roster of every single said company that you mentioned uh, has done or does something that is borderline or crosses the line a little bit. And I'm not talking about necessarily injecting themselves with testosterone. Right. I'm talking about knowingly and unknowingly participating in a couple of things that are just where you're like, eh, like that's not really, uh, part of the rules. And sometimes it is in supplement form. Sometimes these guys will take supplements and they legitimately do not know that the supplements might possess, uh, some of these chemicals that could potentially, uh, make them test positive for drugs.
0: We've seen that a lot, actually, over the last a couple lot, of years with uh, USADA lot. and the UFC uh, taking uh, supplements that uh, are supposed to be fine, but finding out that they have uh, like trace levels of Osterine and things like that. <laughs> well, you know, the supplement
2: companies are going to do whatever they can to get away with stuff. So if you can mask something in a protein powder or a creatine, yep. I mean, imagine having a little bit of SARMs in a creatine. Someone's like, man, I'm getting huge off that creatine. It's right. working great. It's the best marketing plan.
1: I like that little laugh of Mark's acknowledging your statement, TJ. That was, that, that said, the laugh but answered it's true. all the questions. It, it's yeah.
0: true, though. I mean, I think uh, also in, in Chris's movie, it talks about, you know, really like what goes into making these supplements, and they're not regulated by the FDA. So you do things and you can get away with things that put you in a, you know, a superior position on your competition to try to get people, you know, into your product. And then maybe you change the formula down the road. But, you know, if, I mean, kind of goes back to what Mark. Mark's saying with with everything, uh, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's true.
2: If if you think about like an athlete, like in the UFC, um, UFC is a great example because they have so many different coaches as opposed to like a basketball coach. Pretty much has like his coaches on the basketball court. He might have like a weight room coach, and that's usually kind of the end of it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to MMA, you might have a wrestling coach, you might have a striking coach, you might have a jujitsu coach. Now you have a lifting coach and you have coaches kind of all over the place. Maybe somebody stretches you out, helps you with recovery and all kinds of things. And so these guys are, they're always looking for the best, the best, the best, the best. I'm going to go buy these boots that blow up my legs and help with blood flow. I'm going to do a cold plunge. And so it's like, once we start talking about all these things, is it fair for George St. Pierre to have all this stuff in his home? Is that just part of it because he earned it because he made that money? Um, versus the next guy who's trying to come up and do the same you know what i mean like so then yeah it gets to be it gets to be an area where you're like well that's helping him a lot so do we get rid of all things that are performed it gets to be really weird right quickly i remember years ago in swimming uh they created some suits speedo created some suits that right made people swim faster Mm -hmm. they broke records like crazy and then they're like whoa wait a second we don't want people swimming that fast. <laughs> we want you to swim as fast as you can, but not like that. And so they got rid of it. And it's right. It uh, kind of leaves you confused at the end of the day in some ways.
0: Well, it's it's heard- all gray area because that's the thing, too. Like we are evolving. Products are evolving. So at what point do we go? No, like, like you said, Mark, like what point do we go? No, we don't want people swimming that fast or no, we don't want golfers using this sort of club or bowlers using this sort of ball. It's it's we hard. We want you to knock. We want you to knock the other guy out, but
2: not that bad. Right. Exactly.
1: Like, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned swimming. I remember when I was in uh, high school, I went to the CIF finals. I was a very fast swimmer in freestyle in the 50 yard freestyle. And my coach wanted me to, we didn't have those bathing suits. We had speedos. We didn't have the ones you're talking about, but he wanted me to shave my body, you know, just that little extra edge to glide right. through the water. I couldn't even comprehend that at, at <laughs> 17, 18 years old. Like, are you kidding me? I'm me <laughs> not even that hairy and you want you're me right. to shave my body. I mean, what am I shaving? It's like, no, no, just every edge you can get. Yeah, it's like that that edge. I'll I'll just I'll just race. And you know what? Speaking of funny thing, I was actually winning the race. And when it came to the flip turn, I I screwed up. I did my flip turn and and my shoulder hit the lane line coming back. And I went from a nice head, like full head uh, lead in the thing to getting like third. It screwed me. But anyway, you made me think of a very wonderful moment in my past. (laughs) 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 Thanks very much for that. So you're a big UFC fan, I assume. I, you I enjoy love,
2: it i love the UFC i appreciate what you guys do and i've been a huge fan forever and a huge fan of, of dana white and uh just what he's done during the pandemic and everything i think Join the uh, club. yeah man it's just unbelievable really cool
1: yeah, it's really cool. It's amazing. You know, now we're going to start going out to different states for the pay per views, and we're going to Florida for the show that sold out like in 22 minutes, 15,000 seats. But then I get, you know, the pleasure of reading stories that the uh, five states that account for 43% of the country's new COVID 19 cases in the past week are Florida. Yay. Can't wait to get there. <laughs> gonna hey, you're going to have
0: that, though, just because they're open, Bruce. I mean, I don't know yeah, if it's I necessarily know. any. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to well, read into it too much. I just want to get this thing over with.
1: No, I'm just looking forward to the bad. show. But like I said last week on the show, fans, please, I love you all, but I'm not taking any pictures, not shaking any hands. And let's just have a great show and we'll see yeah. what happens. Obviously, states are open. These are going to happen, especially after spring break. Yeah. So more now the people, co-
2: Go ahead. More people having the virus isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well,
1: you know, it's the what do they call that? The uh, herd immunity, herd immunity. But, you know, the vaccinations are help. Have you been vaccinated? I have not. Do you plan on getting vaccinated?
2: uh when the time comes for people of my age in this area in
1: california to get it i probably will april 15th my friend april 15th there we go then you can then you can get it done now covid that has affected the gyms i mark have you been to gold's lately i have not been to gold's gym in a long time okay i love gold's gyms i said earlier but now we have a homeless situation here in venice that is getting worse and worse i'm not trying to be disrespectful to the homeless i know they're going through what they go through whatever the individual was going through but it's tent city now you have to mm-hmm. walk through to get there i parked my car they're smoking meth on the yeah. corner you know it's just it's I, I i built a wonderful gym in my house i've been training on my own for a year you know plus now with tito and by myself and honestly i don't know if i'm going to go back to the gym has the COVID thing with people not being able to go to a gym or maybe going to underground gyms or whatever has it affected the professional bodybuilding and, you know, the areas that we talked about, has it affected it a lot in the last year as far as people being able to stay in shape and compete the way they want to compete? In my
2: opinion, uh, what has happened has like really messed up a lot of people's mentality and messed up a lot of things. Um, but I would also say that I think that the gym for me, like lies inside your heart, you know, and lies inside your brain. Like, Just because a gym is closed does not mean you can't engage in fitness and still have wonderful benefits of, even if you weren't able to build a home gym, even if you were able to just have a kettlebell or uh, have access to some stairs somewhere or a hill, um, the human body is made and designed for, for movement and shutting down the gyms, I I think was a very unfortunate thing of, of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but you know, people just have to adapt. You got to adapt to what's going on. And, uh, I don't think it really does a lot of good to bitch and moan and complain about it unless you're going to try to do something about it, um, and be productive and, and try to get behind a cause like that makes more sense, but, um, it is what it is. It, it happened. And I think it's starting to look like it's more behind us. Uh, but I think the mental side for everyone, uh, not for everyone, the mental side for many uh, has been compromised, and I can see it in my own children and my nieces and nephews. They know every jingle and every commercial. <laughs> they know like they're they're reciting these commercials before the commercial even plays, you know, because they've seen it nine million times. Because we're kind of you're you're as locked down and locked up as you want to be, you know. It kind of reminds me of uh, someone that feels like they're lonely. Like loneliness is it it can be a choice to a certain degree and. I do Great. feel for people that don't have other people and I get it, but yeah, you could go hang out with somebody and with my children, I think, and other children that are around me, I think maybe they just didn't realize like you can still go do a lot of stuff. It's mm-hmm. just certain things are a little bit more restricted at the moment. So uh, I do think it has negatively impact, negatively, negatively impact the fitness industry, which I think will have kind of a ripple effect in general as well.
1: I agree with you. Absolutely. And, uh, I hope that we all come out of it strong, which I think we will. I think we're on our way. There's a little gleam at the end of the tunnel shining right now. So let's hope for the best. Um, But you know what? It's all about adaptation. It's all about being able to adapt and conform and move with what life throws at us as we go on. How much of that do you end up dealing with in UFC? Like these guys are supposed
2: to fight now. They're not going to fight. This thing gets shuffled around. You, uh, uh, you know, a plane is supposed to, you're supposed to take a plane at a certain time. I mean, it must happen to you. You guys are on the
1: go all the time. Yeah, we are. But luckily with the Vegas shows, I drive to Vegas now, do the shows and come back. Uh, when we travel, I'll take a plane. You know, we have the private Etihad jet to Abu Dhabi. So Dana White doing the incredible job that he and his and his team do for all of us. It's, it's been amazing. I mean, we brought sports back on the map, showing the sports world, how to have COVID-19, you know, and, and to put on events, all eyes were on us. I think the UFC had its second biggest year last year, even during the pandemic, Um, so somebody's doing something right Dana White
0: (laughs) it's been weird because you know my my wife Mark she she works from home and and she has this very you know compromised life being you know a woman that would go to the office and and all that stuff she's been at home you know parlaying uh, her home time with being a mother and and for Bruce and I like our lives have been pretty normal you know like I'm still traveling I I went to Mexico six times in the last year you know knock on wood haven't got COVID yet but it's been odd because my life has been relatively normal and you know, l- looking outside our bubbles, uh, the world has shut down. So it's been, it's been very odd for us who I think have maintained that, that sort of lifestyle while others have completely shut down.
2: Yeah. I'm glad this didn't happen, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago when I was just in a different place in my life, I might've been really bummed and really disappointed by everything that was going on around me. But instead it, you know, because of where I'm at in my life, I was able just to adapt to it and you know, not, not let it uh, be something that, had a, a too, too much of an impact on me. You know well, what I think,
0: what, just real quick, what I think, you know, you mentioned 10, 15 years ago, if this had happened when the UFC had just started, I think the sport would have would have been really uh, in trouble, honestly. like if No, they,
1: it would have it been done. It probably it would've would've done. would have been, yeah. It yeah. would have been done, yeah. We well, you know, we come up against a couple of those potential things that happened in the past. And, you know, with, with everything that happened recently over the last year and three months with the COVID pandemic, you know, Mark, you have the Mark Bell's Power Project, right? Which, if not mistaken, is this your podcast? Is that the name of your podcast? Yep. Yeah, and if I if I checked and I saw you had like over five million downloads in twenty twenty, you got a huge following, and I think the last year has helped the podcast world develop. Um, the virtual reality world of videos and whatever you may offer in those other areas. So uh, my business personally has increased over the last year during the pandemic. And I would assume that you've had an increase in your own with the way that you're adapting and marketing yourself to your, to your clients and your fans and what you do. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's been huge. And we launched a supplement line. Um, We're still in the process of getting the entire line out there. Um, the fans and the clients of uh, Slingshot, the people that purchase our products all the time, they've been absolutely amazing because they've been understanding of the fact that we've been sold out of certain things for a while. We, we had to get stuff by ship. Uh, and it just takes, it's been taking way, way longer than us getting stuff by plane. And the support has been great. We restocked some stuff just a couple of days ago. And so uh, the, uh, the response has been, I've been really excited by, uh, a lot of the challenges really that the pandemic, uh, the pandemic gave us. And I leaned into a lot of that, you know, at first I was grumpy, (laughs) you know, I was kind of like, ah, this sucks. And uh, I don't believe this information and that, and then I was like, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm just participating in being negative and it's just doesn't, it's not great. So I'm just going to shift gears and I'm going to concentrate on how can I make myself better and how can I impact the people that are around me? And so we launched a supplement line. Um, we actually hired people during the pandemic. We didn't have to fire or let go of anybody. Uh, and it's, and in a lot of ways, it's been great because we've had to think outside the box and think unconventionally.
1: No, that's really cool. That's really cool. Mark, I want to congratulate you. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, your brother, Chris, and I have been friends for many, many years. Please give him my best when you see him. And I uh, found this very uh, interesting. No question. It was a pleasure having you on the show, you know, to get your viewpoint and your open honesty, which I want to thank you because I appreciate it very much, Mark. Thank you so much. I have a, a diet tip for everybody. You want to hear it? Go for it. Don't eat too much. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like
0: it. Sounds yeah, good. I've been working on that for about 30 good. years.
1: R- research went into that, I think, Mark. Yeah. It's exactly. actually, uh, you're, you're very true about that. Cause I got my portion control down, you know, along I eat very healthy, but I really went after portion control during the pandemic. And I've dropped about 22 pounds over the time. And it, I didn't need to lose the weight. I just decided to get in the best shape I could during the pandemic. So when we come out of the pandemic, you come out of the gate, like a strong horse. It's just my attitude. Just
2: to elaborate on that a little bit, a couple of ways to not eat too much, Go ahead. Uh, would be to figure out ways of occupying your mind, you know, read, Watch a movie um, and try not to eat while you're watching a movie. Uh, Try not to eat in front of screens. I found that to be really helpful. So not eating in front of a TV screen or computer screen. Wait, wait, wait. One second. You can watch a movie without eating. I know. I know. I know it's torturous or just find something you don't have to not eat. You can also find something that's very low in calories, you know, have some vegetables or like a vegetable tray or popcorn or find an alternative. Uh, but what's been really helpful to me is this concept called protein leveraging. And so by eating more protein, consuming more protein in whatever form of protein you want, I'm not going to try to steer you to eat one specific way or another, uh, eating more protein will help drive down your hunger. Um, and it's, my understanding is that, uh, every, uh, everything that's alive in the universe is in search of protein. And so a lot of times for humans, when we're in search of protein and we reach for chips and we reach, reach for this or that, we never really satiate our need for protein. So it might be something to look into is just, just see if you can, I'm not going to tell you to like to jump up and eat, you know, an extra 200 grams of protein out of nowhere, but just start to add protein to your diet. Try to look at things that are more protein heavy. They have more protein and uh, minimal amounts of fat. And uh, for me, it's been transformative for me uh, without really advocating or being on some sort of crazy strict diet. I've just focused in on protein first. It's helped me to eat less. I used to be 330 pounds. That's why I'm sharing this information. And I now weigh around
1: 230 pounds. So it's been really helpful along with walking quite a bit. So quite achievement. I agree about the walking. No question. I actually went on a hike with a friend of mine on Sunday uh, in Malibu, and uh, the last time we went on a hike in another location, I noticed the next day I was three pounds lighter. Why? Because I concentrated on the hike. You know, it's just—it's like, oh, well, let me hike every day. You know, it's obviously you're losing water weight and getting your body working. You know, aside from everything else.
2: Bruce, I watched your story on uh, HBO a while back with uh, you and your brother, and I just—oh, thank you. <laughs> I-, I could not. I think it was HBO, but I I could not yeah, Brian Gumble not I could not wrap my brain around that story. That was uh,
1: man, I got to go back and watch it again because it was it was incredible. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, my book, It's Time. I really go into deep detail about it, and uh, there's going to be an announcement made in the next number of months where the story is going to be shown along with a lot more about my life in a very awesome. elaborate form. I just can't quite state yeah, such yeah. right now, but you can think what you may be thinking. It's not time yet. <laughs> it's not time yet. <laughs> exactly. It's almost Mark. time. It's almost time. Mark, thanks so much. It's it's a pleasure having you on. We'll have you on again. I know I'm going to be on your podcast in a few months or a couple months. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, drill me like I drilled you. Ask me anything. It's all good. I'm an open book.
2: 100%. Thank you guys so much. If anybody wants to check out my products, you can go over to markbellslingshot.com. You want to follow me on social media. I'm at Mark Smellybell.
1: Thank you, Mark. Again, please give my best to your brother, Chris. And uh, I wish you all the best. Stay safe, my friend. Stay healthy. You look great. Keep up the great work and stay motivating to everybody that you deal with, please. Big cheers. Thanks to a you, lot, guys. Friend. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. See you, Mark. Take care, buddy. Bye bye. I'll, I'll talk to you soon on your cast. All right. There he is, Mark Bell. Uh, it's uh, it's very interesting, you know. It went it went into uh, different areas that I didn't think we were going to go into, and I, I found it very very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with with the steroid stuff, uh, take uh, take competition out of it, Bruce. I think you and I agree. Again, yeah, it goes yeah. back to to moderation is everything. And if you are, yeah. uh, you know, using with the advice of a doctor uh, it's medicine at the end of the day. And, uh, th- that's one thing we didn't really get into with Mark, but uh, I don't know if you've seen it. They're starting to use testosterone for people that suffer from PTSD and, and things like that. And, and that is quite interesting.
1: Yeah. I still got to educate myself in all this. Cause I'm not one to do, I, 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 I just take natural vitamins and eat healthy and do everything I do. And, and I'll continue to do that. But you know, if the TRT ever became an issue. Again, medical stuff. uh, Yeah, I probably would have no problem with that. The other stuff scares me. Sure. No, I get it. I get it. Uh,
0: and, and again, I'm not saying that anybody should do any of that stuff, especially without the uh, advice uh, of a doctor and the uh, observation totally. of a doctor so um, but yeah no, it's it's definitely interesting to see uh, where that sort of science is going and, and the idea that uh, testosterone is being used by medical professionals, not just for uh, the musculature uh, growth yep. and,
1: and benefits and things like that. Well, science is going to keep finding things out as we go forward, just like we're finding things out daily about, you know, COVID-19 and all. The interview went pleasurably longer than I thought, so I'm going to avoid some of the news subjects. Um, We will talk about the fact that UFC is happening this weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, Early. Early. This is the earliest show I've ever seen. We're talking 15 fights, the first fights at nine in the morning, culminating into the main event, which, uh, of course, Darren Till got hurt. He's out, broken collarbone. Uh, Marvin Vittori, the uh, very powerful striker and fighter from Italy, is going to fight Kevin Holland, Is coming back. I saw Ariel Helwani ask Kevin Holland, uh, are you going to talk as much? He goes, well, maybe I won't talk in between rounds. Kevin, can I give you some advice? Fight, okay? Get in there and fight. Be maybe, yourself. maybe, but, it, be but yourself. if, be yourself if you don't
0: allow him to be himself, then maybe he doesn't fight
1: the way he should. I did say be yourself. Be I be hear yourself. you. I be hear yourself. You. Focus on the fighting. Don't lose track of what you're there for, right? Um, very entertaining fighter, great career ahead of him. I'm looking forward to this fight. I think it's a fantastic fill in for Darren till, uh, the rest of the card full of excellent, excellent, uh, go Jim Miller back again for the 48th time in the last year. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, he looks better than ever. Anyway, I'll see you from the octagon. One thing I want to tell you, you know, we've, we've heard a lot. We've had it on the show. I've done a commercial for him. Did you see my manscape commercial?
0: I did, yeah. I saw that uh, a while ago, though. I think you sent me one of the pre, uh, yeah, the pre
1: things. It's funny because Manscaped, you know, they've grown into such a big company, and they do such a great job. There's UFC fighters promote them and all, and they sent me my my Manscaped package. Look, TJ, I got my special bag here. Look at that. Everything they it comes with the the um, solutions they have. Check out the Manscaped razor. Look how small this is. Obviously, it better be small. You want to be careful, but this is a grooming device for the for the body. Now, I think um, grooming is a very popular thing, manscaping, as they call it. And uh, what is the um, thing to look your best, especially for your spouse, your girlfriend, your friends, whatever. But the Manscaped razor is used by a lot of fighters, used by a lot of people, huge company, very popular. And I got to tell you, this works amazing. Is it charged right now? Yeah. Turn it on. Look at that light. You see? The light. Yeah. The guiding light. The guiding light. It even comes with a guiding light. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I, I don't know why. I mean, don't you turn the lights on when you manscape? But you know what? Hey, you know what? I mean, parts unknown need to be known when you're manscaping. That's all I'm it's, saying. Exactly. Bottom line is, enjoy your manscaping. Go check out manscape.com and get 20% off at manscape go on instagram everywhere else it's at manscape plus free shipping and use the promo code buffer do it all in capitals b-u-f-f-e-r to get your 20 percent off at manscape.com okay check it out everybody manscape look your best feel your best be the best for those that love you We'll leave it at that. (laughs) All right, TJ, I'll see you from the Octagon on Saturday. Anything to tell everybody? No, that's it. Uh, Check out Extra Rounds.
0: You can find it on the uh, Fight Pass app, uh, or you can check us out live uh, immediately following uh, all the UFC events uh, on their Facebook page, facebook.com forward
1: slash UFC Fight Pass. Fantastic. And I'll see you all from the Octagon on Saturday. Big cheers, no fears forever. Set your goals, write them down, be the best you can be. So when you get on that path, you do your best. And that means you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. Always a pleasure to talk to our listeners. I love you all. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We're getting close to the 5,000. The gifts are going to start happening. The drawings are going to happen. We're going to give away some good stuff now that the UFC is going live and with crowds for pay-per-views. So we'll have some very cool items coming up. Big cheers. Always take your puncher's chance in life. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Buffer out. Bye, TJ. Time. With Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated.
0: Its content is intended for private use only.